0: Welcome to the Alcohol Rethink Podcast with me, your host, Patrick Fox. This podcast is for the guys out there who question the role that alcohol plays in their lives, Many who want to stop drinking and don't know where to go or how to start. We're going to cover all of that and more. Let's go. Hi guys, and welcome to episode thirty of the Alcohol ReThink podcast. Today, I am joined by one of my very amazing, awesome guests. He's a coaching buddy of mine. His name is Matt Smith. He works with guys who want to stop watching porn, who want to stop lying to themselves, and who want to repair relationships in their lives as a result of their overdependency on porn in their lives. So. Without further ado, Matt, welcome to the podcast, dude.
1: Patrick, thank you so much for having me. It's a truly an honor to be on here with you. How are you doing today?
0: Yes, I'm doing wicked, mate. I'm really good. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this episode. I look forward to every episode, to be quite honest. <laughs> but I think like this episode in particular is going to have a lot of value. One, because of actually who you work with, the guys that you work with and what you do. But also because I know that. Part of your journey has been around alcohol and kind of eliminating that from your life as well. So before we do anything, I'd love to hear about what went on for you there,
1: dude. All right. Yeah. So alcohol, I love the story. And um, it's funny that we meet on today because today's May 21st and it was literally 14 years ago that I was out drinking and I got pulled over by the police and I got arrested and that literally changed my life forever. Oh, and no way. <laughs> yeah, and I'm in I'm in Florida right now and I always come down right around this time so cuz this is where it all happened like 2 miles from here and uh and I don't live in Fort, I live in Boston, Massachusetts. So I come down here usually every May to spend a week just relaxing, taking a vacation. And so 14 years ago, I was out and having a good time. And I got pulled over by the police and, you know, that night to me was, uh, you know, the worst night ever, but in reality, it was probably my, one of my best nights of my entire life because I didn't realize the chain of events that would happen after that. You know, I started, uh, you know, I got arrested and, you know, lost my license and, you know, I had to do a whole bunch of legal things. And so I had, uh. I was so angry at everything. I was angry at myself. I was angry at the world. I just was so mad because I was like, well, this is not fair. It shouldn't be happening. I was in such denial. And, um, and it wasn't my first DUI either. It was like, I think it was my third one, which meant that I was going to lose my license for 10 years, which to me was like absolutely wow, horrifying. Sure. Yeah. And I was like, I don't, I don't know how I'm going to get to work. And I don't know, you know, I'm going to, I was just freaking out. And, um, so I, so what I did was, you know, I, this was in Florida and I live in Massachusetts. So I was hoping that Massachusetts wouldn't find out about it. So what I did was I, I quit drinking and so that I would look good for the court. Like I knew I had to go to court soon. And um, so what I did was I quit drinking. I started going to AA and I said, I'm going to just going to, I'm going to quit drinking for a little while. And then, you know, when I'm, when this is passes, when this all gets over, you know, I'll, I'm going to go back to drinking. So I did that and, you know, reluctantly gave up drinking and just white knuckled through it and went through the court system. The court system did not care (laughs) that I quit drinking at all because the way the court, the way the court system works is they have to give you a sentence. They have to take your license. So um, they took my license and I was found out at all that, you know, quitting drinking didn't matter to them. So that made me even (laughs) more mad. I was like, this is not working. So a few months went by, and I said, "Well, you know, I've been off alcohol for a few months. Things are better, but not great. But I, I'm still mad at myself. Still mad at alcohol for for putting me here. And uh, I was still blaming everybody. <laughs> and yeah. uh, so I just quit. I just stopped. I just didn't go back to it. And over time, you know, my life got better. I mean, it took a little bit while. Like it got better in ways that I didn't see. But you know, things started getting better. And um, I just, my life just changed from then. I, my whole perspective of drinking completely changed. Now I used to be a guy who loved to drink and I was so proud of that. I waved it like a flag. Like I will never quit drinking. I'll it'll never see me without a drink. And now, you know, 14 years later, I am the exact opposite of that. I do have zero interest in alcohol whatsoever. I mean, it is literally the exact opposite. And I can be around people drinking. I can be in a bar with other people. People can offer me drinks. There's just no desire for it whatsoever. And I'm I'm still amazed at it because having come from where I came from, I just never even thought it was possible. And now I'm just so not interested. And I'm not against it. I don't not I don't I'm not angry at it. I don't dislike it. I don't look down on people who do drink. I just know that it's I have no interest in it. And that's the sentence that I say to myself so many times it's become a permanent belief in my brain. So that's, that's kind of it in a big nutshell.
0: <laughs> nice. Yeah. Like I can relate to a lot of that dude that like getting a whole wrapped up in the identity of like, I'm am an amazing drinker.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: What I'm good <laughs> at right. Like it just seems crazy thinking about it in them terms now, especially looking at when you were drinking at the time, like, what you were putting yourself through, like what it was costing you as a result of drinking.
1: Yeah, I didn't, uh, I I was just, you know, you don't even see it when you're in it. Like you can't see the full picture until you're completely out of it. And then when you look back at it, like, oh my God, my whole life revolved around it. Like I, you know, my wife and I, we wouldn't go to, a, a, to a, out to eat unless the place had alcohol. We wouldn't yeah. go anywhere without alcohol. We wouldn't go, you'd think about like, um, we're going to go hiking or camping. And the big question is, okay, how are we going to carry alcohol with us? I mean, who who brings a case of beer on a hiking trip, right? So, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> it, and that's really interesting because it's when you are literally making all of your decisions in life around whether you can drink or not, it's probably a little bit of a warning sign, you know, it's like, perhaps I've got an over-reliance on alcohol in my life here, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. It definitely is a signpost that says, hey, maybe you should slow down and take a look at just what's going on. And unfortunately, I, you know, me when back then, I had a lot of those signposts, you know, having gone through, you know, three DUIs, the first two, I had to do all sorts of like requirements for school. And I had all these things telling me like, you should change. This is, this is probably a problem. And I was just blowing right by them. Like, yeah, no, I got this. I got this. (laughs) But it, it, the earlier you can see those signs and and be aware of them, the better. I think you'll be.
0: <laughs> yeah, look, my mom's got this great saying. Right, it's like you can't see the label of the jar you're in.
1: Ah, that's beautiful. Yeah, you can't. You can't even see it. You know, you're you're so in it, you don't even know what what's going on. It's like the fish in water. He doesn't even know he's in the water. You know? Yeah,
0: exactly. So sometimes, sometimes it takes something as serious as like losing your driving license to recognize it and. You know, I think people get different kind of I, they're kind of like rock bottom moments, right? Like rock bottom doesn't mean that that's the, the worst thing in the world has ever happened to you. But it's like moments where it gives you perspective where you begin to start questioning. Ah, oh, OK, so what's really going on here right now for me?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, rock bottoms will definitely do it for you. And I've, I've actually since I've talked to a ton of people in all different programs, I've had, I've run into people who say, well, I just can't seem to find my rock bottom. I can't, you know, I'm, I haven't hit one yet. I'm still, I'm still digging. Right. Just and I always, yeah. yeah, and I'm always, I always tell them like, you don't have to hit a rock bottom A rock bottom. Yeah. You know, if you can start changing your mindset right now, your, your rock bottom can be right now. This could be your rock bottom moment right now. If you decide it, it's up to you. Right. And I, yeah. I, I wish a lot more people would get that.
0: Yeah, it's such a a liberating way to look at it, right? It's like you could literally just choose to like make this your rock bottom, or just this is the point where you start to make changes in your life. So you've got zero interest in alcohol. Yeah. Carl, what do you uh, attribute, or uh, what's the word? Attribute to that. Attribute to that.
1: Attribute to that. Yeah. So um, you know, so I went. period of time. I mean, I went a long time without drinking, but let's, you know, when I first quit that first year, there was still some desire for it. And, um, you know, I had to go through a bunch of things like holidays and weddings, all those areas where I typically drink. And I was, you know, with my wife at the time and she was, she drank quite a bit. Her whole family was big drinkers. So I had, I was immersed in a drinking, uh, community culture. And so I think Initially, it was my anger, like, I'm just mad at everything. And then it started changing to, you know, I just don't want this. I know that if I start drinking this, things aren't going to get better. They're not going to get better if I start drinking again. So little by little, my thoughts started to change. My beliefs changed. And then once I had some experience, once I went through a little bit of time where I, I could get through a wedding without drinking, or I could go, um, you know, out with my wife on dinner and, and not have an, uh, any drinks. I started to prove it to myself that I could do anything. I could handle anything around alcohol. And then once I saw that and my, all my beliefs changed the The sentence, like I have no interest in it started becoming stronger and stronger. And I, and like I said, I, if, you know, I might say that sentence 50 times in our conversation, just not intentionally just because that's the first thought that comes up. But, yeah. you know, eventually after over time, all my beliefs changed and I just had no interest in it. And I, was more happy not drinking than I ever was drinking and I that that seemed very strange to me back in the years I was like I can't possibly imagine having fun without it but I tell you what man I have so much more fun now with without it than I've ever had with it and it's just there's just so many benefits of it it's it's insane yeah
0: <laughs> and just some people just never give themselves that chance to find out right it's especially cuz I don't know, perhaps in the US, but definitely in the UK, like the culture is is heavily around al- alcohol and you start drinking from like 15, 16, maybe even earlier, right? So throughout most people's adults' lives, like they don't have like sustained periods of sobriety or like going out and having experiences of not drinking. And also not, because sometimes people might not drink because they can't drink, right? Because- for whatever reason they're on medication or they've got to do it not do it for work so it always feels like it's imposed on them and it's being able to give yourself a break and just to kind of see what happens what life is really like without alcohol and not let those fears kind of cloud your vision of what is possible
1: yeah it's totally about thought management and just recognizing that your brain is going to freak out a little bit and give you all sorts of stories about why you can't do this or why it's not going to work or why you don't even want to. You're going to you're going to have a lot of those thoughts um, in our culture. Yeah. Here in the United States, it's definitely a huge drinking culture. And you, you know, I started early on, you know, I think I was I don't know, 10 or 11 before I had my first drink. And then I couldn't wait till I was 21, our legal drinking age because I had, you know, family members, and I looked up to them, and they were all having fun with alcohol. And I wasn't having as I seemed like I could have more fun if I drank. So yeah. I hate it. I hate it early on. And um, it is part of our culture. And yeah, it's like those, even if you're contemplating this, like it's, it doesn't have to be an all or nothing decision. Like, let's try it for a month, see what it feels like not to drink for a month. And, you know, you don't have to take a like, I used to say, well, I can't, you know, not drinking forever, that's too long, right? So, how about yeah. a weekend? How about a day? How about whatever time frame works for you that you can just set it down for a few and then see what life is like without it, how different it is? Yeah, I think that's a valid experiment to try.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it's so true, like, the brain's going to freak out. And it's not, not making that freak out mean anything's gone wrong. It's just kind of understanding, well... Yeah, it's going to make sense that I've lived my life this way. Well, of course, my brain's going to want to kind of rebel against that in a sense, because that's what I've always done. And we know the mind loves familiarity. It loves its patterns. It loves the path of least resistance. Yeah, I um, it
1: sorry, definitely well, does. Yeah, it definitely does that. It will take the easy route. And the easy route is the route that it knows the most. And so when you come up with the idea of not drinking, your brain is going to be like, whoa, 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 let's, let's rethink this. Let's have a drink and talk about this, you know, so.
0: Yeah, exactly. And something I see um, from one of your posts online is about the orange juice test. Yes. <laughs> so I, like, I'd like you to kind of share what that is, because I think it's relative to, to pretty much anything in life, really.
1: Yeah, yeah. So the orange juice test is something that I just came up with, and um, I, I'm sure I heard it from someone. But I, it's uh, I like to use it a lot in, in both alcohol and porn addiction. In a sense of like, you know, if someone came up to me and said, "Hey, I want you to quit drinking orange juice for a year," you know, how, how what would my brain do? How how hard would that? What would I think about that? And I would literally have No problem with that. I I have no problem. I can't even actually remember the last time I drank orange juice. And I do like orange juice, but it's not a problem for me to not drink orange juice. I just would just not drink it and I'm okay with it. But if you have any other thing like alcohol or porn that you know you say maybe you believe you can put it down and then it it doesn't, it's not gonna be easier, it's not gonna be a problem. But if it is a problem, if you can't walk away from it for whatever reason, if you're craving it or you need it or whatever your brain is going to come up with, to me, that's a telltale sign that like, hey, there's a problem here like that you need to look at. And um, one thing I I always tell people is, you know, it used to be I used to struggle with this too. the term addict, you know, I mean, yeah, I, I never wanted to be an addict because that was one of those people. And I'm not one of those. I used to have that whole mentality. So I used to, I tell people now, like throw away the term addict, if that's what's stopping you, like if that's, if that's blocking you from getting help, then throw it away. Like just say, Hey, I'm, I'm not an addict, but I, I drink and I want to get help. Like don't let the terminology stop you from getting the help that you need. Like just get the help you need Forget what your mind says. What about labels and all that stuff? If you don't want to call yourself an addict, don't call yourself an addict. Just get the help you need. That's the most important thing
0: yeah absolutely it's such a great point because yeah like when we hear that word addict even in my head like i just think of some guy who's injecting heroin on the streets or something like it just takes you to that extreme right or the 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 guy who's drinking out of a brown paper bag and he hasn't got anywhere to live and he's been kicked out by his family like the the brain loves to go to those kind of paths because that's kind of like what we're conditioned to as a society right like so there's that lay that that stigma and the label and the branding and even if when you look at the word addiction right like all an addiction is is being addicted to the pleasure of
1: something yes yes yeah. yeah, it's just uh, you want that dopamine release at the end, you know, you just want the good feelings that it brings you, you don't really care, like your brain doesn't care about whether it's alcohol or porn or smoking or anything. It just wants that thing at the end so that we feel better than we, than we do right now.
0: Yeah, and I think that could be helpful for people to think about. Is like, okay, so like if you do kind of look at that idea of what it means to be addicted, addiction is just an addiction to pleasure. Yeah. yeah, okay, so that kind of makes sense, right? Like, this is why I want to keep drinking, or this is why I want to keep watching porn or smoke or whatever it is, right? Is because it feels good. But yeah. Yeah. it's what happens when you become overly reliant on it as a way to feel good in your life. Like this is where the, the challenge is. And I was curious, Matt. So in the work you do, right, with with stop looking at porn, is did that become something that happened for you as a result of stopping drinking? Am I or was there any correlation at all?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, I started looking at porn as a kid, not intentionally. It just, you know, I just fell into it. And so I always looked at it in some way. And I just thought like, hey, that's just part of being a man. Like, that's what men do. And you know, my friends and I would look at it and be like, oh yeah, let's, you know, this is what guys do, right? Like so I always had it in my life in some way. And when I quit drinking, I didn't really notice, but my porn habits started increasing. I just started using them more. And I didn't really I didn't notice because I was more focused on like living my life and just, hey, I'm not drinking anymore. This is cool. And not noticing that I'm like using porn more regularly and more dependent on it. And I was in, you know, therapy. Because, um, you know, my my relationship was breaking up and I wasn't handling it well. Mentally, I was not doing well. So I went to see a therapist and I was telling her all about this stuff. And she said, hey, you know, I told her about the porn use. And she's like, you might have a problem with porn. And I was like, no, I don't. (laughs) So... (laughs) I uh, you know I denied that for a few years before I finally realized that yes I do have a problem with porn and it was it was like I gave up drinking and I just kind of shifted over to using porn so definitely um, if it's sometimes it's easier to give up one and it but you don't notice that the other one is kicking into high gear but it's all yeah. it's all good no matter what so
0: yeah because it's like the consequences of drinking are far different to the consequences of potentially watching porn, right? Like, it doesn't feel like they kind of tally up in terms of negative consequences. And it's not uncommon that when anyone stops drinking, that there is that tendency to want to replace the way of getting the pleasure, right? Of getting that dopamine. So something like trading addictions. For me personally, it was like sugar, man. Like, I just turned into a fiend and wanted to eat food all of the time so yeah for yourself you noticed that it became porn that you ended up watching as a result so what was your journey there then like after you went to see that counselor
1: yeah so that one um and i i also too turned to food too i've always loved food but um it was so it was all alcohol porn and food and sugar as well so um yeah so i was in denial for porn for a while and um you know, just, I was just struggling mentally. I was still angry at a lot of stuff. And and I didn't, you know, I was watching my porn uh, addiction. I was like, maybe I do have a problem. And um, I went to see another therapist. She recommended to a, another therapist. And I spoke with him for like 10 minutes. And he was like, you should go to this six months, you know, detox for porn and go live in Utah for six months. And I was like, Are you, I can't do that. I'm not going to do that. And no way, I don't need to do that. There's no way I'm that bad, right? And, um, so I denied it again, but eventually, um, I just said, Hey, maybe I, I just started opening up to the idea that I what did have a porn problem. And, um, I was in, you know, I was been on and off in 12 step meetings over the years. And, uh, someone mentioned to me that there's a 12 step meeting for sex and porn addiction. So I got involved with that and reluctantly, I was really scared to do that. So I got involved with that. And I remember I walked in and I was you know, terrified. I'm like, oh my God, I'm in with a bunch of, you know, not addicts, but perverts now. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, brain. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, the, I remember the guy that first put his hand out and shook my hand. He's still my, a good friend of mine to this day. And I'm, I don't really attend meetings as much anymore. I still love the, the program. But, um, this guy is still a friend of mine that we talk all the time, but he, he just opened himself up and said, Hey, I'm, my name is Mike. And you know, if you have any questions here, let me know. And so I started going to that and I did that for a couple of years and uh, really enjoyed the community and got really comfortable with being a porn addict. And it was like, I let go a lot of the shame that I was hiding, that I didn't, you know, that I knew I was shameful of it, but I didn't realize how big it was. And so I started doing that for a couple of years and I struggled in that program because of, some of the, what I call the limitations of the mind that they present, like I'm always gonna be an addict. I have to go to meetings forever. Mm. I, that didn't jive with me at all. But I yes. love the yes. sense I loved the sense of community and um, that I had from, you know, I could go into a meeting and talk to anybody at any time about anything. And I love that. And so I, I still love that program just for that. Like, I mean, if you need help and you need someone to talk to, go talk to someone in one of those meetings. But anyway, get back to it. Um, so I did that for a while. And I was having mixed success, like I was struggling and just going through it. But I was learning a lot. I didn't realize it at the time, but I was learning a lot about myself. And um, so then eventually, you know, I've always been a person who loves self-development. I've been big into Tony Robbins and stuff. So I started going to getting, I got one of his coaches to help me through it. And I said, I need to, you know, I just called this guy up and I said, I'm addicted to porn. Can you help me? He's like, absolutely, I can. So he, I did work with him for a while. Things got a little bit better, but I had trouble implementing some of the tactics that they had because they were just, my brain wouldn't accept them. <laughs> so then when they like action I was, focused, yes, it was, it was like, when you yeah. have a, you know, when you have a um, urge for porn, I want you to get on the floor and bark like a dog <laughs> and, um, and the idea is to, the idea is to interrupt the thought pattern. So yeah. that like, yeah, and I get it now, but back then I'm like, I'm not doing that. I'm, I am not going to bark like a dog. So I'm sure the program works. If you do it, I just refuse to do it. So, um, mm-hmm. so then I found, um, you know, life coaching through the life coaching school and they had, they have the thought model, which I'm, I know we're both familiar with, but that thought model made a ton of sense logically to me. And, um, so I, uh, uh, it's a, it's a model that you just input your thoughts and your feelings and you just get your result. And that, that made logical sense to me. And I was like, here's a tool that I can use. So upon, you know, joining self-coaching scholars, I started doing that. And then at one point I said, all right, I'm going to, in order for me to best know this myself, it would be better. I can, I have to teach it. I have to be able to teach others. That's the best way I'll master this. So that's when I became, I joined the, uh, the coaching program to become a coach and, you know, while I was in there, I discovered that like uh, there's a coach in there who also coaches on porn addiction. So I hired him right away. I said, okay, I'm going to hire him because he's going to help me. So I've been working with him for over a year now and just doing awesome and just loving it. And now I coach, now I coach guys too along the way. So I think it's that's, so that's my journey. <laughs> so.
0: Nice man. Yeah. And I think for guys Especially, it, I'm sorry, I'll just need to go back to that barking like a dog thing. <laughs> I just think that's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, it's about kind of like learning, to be in touch with our emotions. Now, for some guys, for many guys, maybe perhaps a bit of a generalization, but like we don't get, maybe like, not just guys actually, like for, for, for any gender, we don't really get taught how to process our emotions. Uh, But more so as guys, we're told to kind of like suppress them or to man up and like all of these other unhelpful narratives that exist in the world. And when it comes to like managing urges or like that desire for whether it's porn or alcohol, it's about being able to like be in touch with yourself, like being able to go into your own body. And like, I don't know about for you, mate, but felt pretty weird for me, right? Like when I was first learning what that all felt like and how I talked to myself and stuff. So I'd just love to hear how you perhaps process urges through yourself or the ways that you do it with your clients as well.
1: Yeah. So that whole feeling your feelings thing, I remember, you know, I'm, I'm a guy too. So I know what it's like to be like, Oh yeah, men don't feel their feelings. We just, you know, you just suppress them, (laughs) just hold them in or you do whatever. You just don't feel them. Not like women do. That was the message that I always got. And, uh, and i know that that's wrong on many levels because it's just it's just not it's the exact opposite of the right way of doing things and so in the beginning when i remember i was learning this they're so like you got to learn how to feel your feelings and i was like what does that even mean i don't even understand what you're talking about it's such a foreign language to me and uh and it's definitely a thing that like we all we all can do it that's absolutely for sure even if you think you can't it's a skill like anything else that you learn and you get better at as the more you do it and the more you get comfortable with it and it also there are many different ways of doing it too there's not just one way to do it there's many different tactics to doing it or different different methods of doing it and so you know for me for me personally it's all about like feeling it in my body like where is it in my body how does it feel? What does it feel like? What color is it? What sound does it make all those descriptive things. And in recognizing also to recognizing that you're having the feeling too. I mean, you might be so caught up in it that like I don't realize I'm just caught up in it, I'm lost, and you don't even realize that you're in it. But if you can get that grounding, if you practice getting that grounding, like, hey, I'm having this feeling. All right, so I'll start with I'm having this feeling. And I immediately say, like, what is the thought that is creating this feeling? Because I know if I can tackle the thought, like I'll be able to disprove the thought or, or even just question the thought, that'll lessen the feeling. But, you know, so I kind of do a little bit of work of like analyzing why I'm having it. What are the thoughts behind it? Are they true? Are they not true? Are they 100% true or could they be partially not true? Anything like that to kind of get into this analytical mode. And that alone just lessens the whole experience. It kind of like brings it down because now I'm, I'm kind of a little bit outside of it. And then let's say I like, I know why it's happening. I have, I know exactly the thoughts, but you know, that doesn't mean that they'll go away. It means the thoughts are still there and I'm, I'm still experiencing it. So then I start to practice like, all right, where is it in my body and that type of stuff, the physicality of it, like how do I feel it and just do a lot of that stuff. And then I might even say like, okay, I've done that. Let's say they're still feeling it, still feeling it. You know, I'll note the time as well because I like to notice like, is this, you know, how often, how often did they happen and how long do they last? Cause that's another key point is like, it's not going to last forever. Like you're not going to feel this way forever. And even though it feels like it is. And so the physicality of it, noting the time and the, how long it last and just, just giving that feeling it space that it wants in order to process, like giving it the time and the space that it needs to, flow through your body. And, you know, eventually it fades. And I know it's, it's, it like I said, it's a skill that you practice, you get better at it, the more you do, and uh, anybody can do it. And it just takes time to learn it and the patience, right, the patience to do it. And another thing that one last thing is, like, I said, there's many ways to do this. If you went out to YouTube and said how to feel my feelings, you will literally find a million videos on how to do it, different techniques and stuff. So it's always, interesting to see how other people do it because it's there's not just one way there are many ways to do it and I think it's it's a great way to have a skill to have that you can learn many different ways for yourself find out what works for you like because try one if that doesn't work try something else if that doesn't work take a piece from this one and take a piece from that one and combine them create your own way to feel your feelings so that you're not blocking them ignoring them suppressing them anything except for handling them
0: Yeah nice. Yeah, because not knowing how to do it or not knowing how to get in touch is not really <laughs> an excuse to not find out, right? It's just when you do that, you just kind of keep yourself in either reaction mode or resisting mode, and there's no learning from that place. And so what if somebody just just doesn't recognize like, what it feels like in their body? Like, What would kind of signpost them to see what was going on for them?
1: what would it be if they didn't if they don't recognize it
0: yeah like if they don't recognize that they're having a feeling like what kind of things would alert them
1: to why they're oh. having that feeling oh but why they're having that feeling if they don't recognize why they're having it um so yeah, if, like you're-
0: if they're not even in their thoughts and feelings at
1: all right yeah. Okay. So that's a good point. So if you if you're if you're saying that to yourself, like I don't even know what I'm think thinking, or I don't even know what I'm feeling. I have one client who, his default answer is I don't know. <laughs> like, and yeah, and uh, he, that's I love this guy because it's like I um it's a it's a challenge for me to coach him because his answer is I don't know, and I know that your brain will initially tell you that like right off the bat like oh, this, yeah. if you don't if you're not familiar with this, which you won't be if you're just starting out. Your brain will default to, I don't know how to do that. Or I don't know what I'm feeling, or I don't know uh, what I'm thinking. You know, your brain will just throw up a wall and say, Hey, we're done. I don't know how to do any of this. So if your brain is doing that, like just sit there and say, okay, I am a man or a woman and I'm having this moment right now. And my brain is telling me, I don't know what, what I'm feeling. I don't know what I'm thinking. And I accept that that's who I am right now and take some deep breaths and say, this is where I'm at right now. Just get comfortable with that that presence in you. And then start like thinking about, okay, if I'm, I don't know, but am I open to learning? Am I open to accepting this? Am I open to figuring this out? Is this a skill do I that I, can, I think I can learn or I'm open to learning? And if you can get into that openness, then you can start finding ways that work for you. And it might be like, hey, I'm going to get a chart of all the feelings that there exists that are known to man. And I'm going to read through this chart and I'm going to try and find a feeling that I associate with the most. Is it confusion? Is it anger? Is it anxiousness? Is it all the different feelings? Like which one does it feel like to you? And then start to kind of guide it in. If that doesn't work, then maybe attack it from the thought perspective. Like what, what, what are you thinking? If you don't know what you're thinking, just keep asking yourself, like, what am I thinking right now? what am I thinking right now? Or what am I feeling right now? Just keep asking yourself questions. If you ask your brain questions, it will give you answers. Sometimes it might not like right away, like you might draw a blank, like, what am I feeling? And your brain will say nothing. So then you take a deep breath and just keep asking that question. Like, what am I feeling? What am I feeling? What am I thinking? Have someone else ask you, what are you thinking? You know, so that you can kind of get that conversation going with yourself because if you're not used to doing thought work, if you're not used to asking yourself these questions, it's new, it's your brain will say, no, I don't know what it is. So just be open to it and just try different things, try curiosity, like be curious about it. And then once you start doing it, it gets a little bit easier. Yeah, awesome.
0: Sometimes <laughs> what I like to do, you know, like with a, a, a Google Home or a Alexa, like I'll ask myself questions, like I'm asking, I go like, hey, Patrick, the answer to this question (laughs) just kind of like (laughs) notice what my brain pings up for me because you're right like when you ask yourself questions the the brain wants to be right it loves answering stuff it loves figuring stuff out so it's a powerful thing because I don't know just kind of kills off any hope of discovering it right it's just the brain just shuts down it's like yeah no we're done (laughs) there's no way to find out what's going on here
1: oh yeah yeah the brain like like we know the brain likes to conserve energy and and uh it doesn't like to learn new things because that's scary and it takes up energy so your brain will definitely throw up that wall of confusion and um yeah definitely the self questions even out loud like don't be afraid to talk to yourself out loud like a lot of times we'll do this in our head and that that works too there's nothing wrong with it but i think a lot of times if we you know just have our conversation about, like what am i thinking say it out loud you know so that you can kind of express yourself and don't be don't feel any shame or feelings don't worry about if somebody thinks you're crazy for you talking to yourself because it's perfectly normal thing to do. And it's, it's actually pretty fun to do because you get the conversation. Like, what am I thinking right now? What is the problem? You know, you talk to yourself. I think that's a powerful tool that you can use. Yeah. 100.
0: So you said there is a little bit earlier on, actually we're talking about shame. And I think this is one of those feelings that can really like get in the way of kind of looking for support or looking for help. So what did you do when you realized that you were experiencing shame about watching porn or even alcohol, right?
1: Yeah, shame is a big thing for both porn and alcohol because of all the stigmas attached to both of those things. And it's one of the biggest challenges that uh, my new clients or my clients face when coming into my program. There's the idea that, um, you know, first of all, I'm watching porn. That's a bad thing. And I'm a bad person for watching it. That's a typical thought that we'll have. And it was the same way. It was the same way with alcohol. Like I'm one of the, I'm a person who drinks or I'm out of control. And I would feel shame about that. I would feel shame. Like the moment, you know, during that hangover, when I woke up and I would feel shame, like just in every day, like thinking about it, i try to hide it. And that's, that's the default behavior is try to hide either your porn or your alcohol addiction. So um, that's where I spend a lot of time working with my clients on it and to get them to get more comfortable with feeling shame, because it's just an emotion like any other emotion it's, it's created by a thought. And so I'll have them look at the thoughts that are creating the shame And then we'll start to work on those thoughts so that we don't feel that so that the shame will just kind of dissolve on its own. It's a, it's a process. I mean, it's a, it's not just, we work on it for a little bit while, but you've definitely noticed that it's a feeling and it's perfectly okay to feel it. There's nothing wrong with feeling shame. Shame can actually help you right in some ways. Um, And we don't want to deny it push it away, but we just want to question the thoughts that create the shame and see if they're valid because 90% or maybe even a hundred percent of time that, those thoughts are not even true. Like no one, you know, if you feel, if you think you're a bad person because you drink or watch porn, I can guarantee you that is a hundred percent not true. There's no bad people. Like there, there's good in everybody. And, you know, just because you drink or you watch porn does not make you a bad person. All that makes you is a person that drinks and watches porn. That's it. There's nothing more to it. There's nothing less to it. That's just what it is. That's the facts, right? You drink, you watch porn. Okay, now what? What's next? You know, do we, we, do we, do we feel shame and then potentially drink more potentially watch more porn and spiral down that hole? Or do we say, Hey, I'm a guy who drinks. I am a guy who watches porn or I'm I'm a woman who watches porn or drinks or whatever. That's okay. What do I do? What do I want to do? Is this something I want to do or okay? It's not, what do I want to do about it? That type of question. If you start getting curious about it and if you're feeling shame, it's okay you know I'm not going to snap my fingers and take away all your shame and you you might not either you might but you might not but just be okay with hey I'm feeling it and um um, I'm working on it and I'm going to get better I'm getting better at just by acknowledging it I'm getting better at it and as you start to get better at it you get better at handling it and feeling it and eventually it kind of gets less and less and less until you're fully accepting of it like hey this is i'm a guy who watches porn i'm a guy who drinks that's perfectly okay i'm the one who defines the feelings and the thoughts i'm the one who defines the thoughts that create the feelings so i can choose shame or i can not choose shame it's totally up to me and you
0: yeah yeah exactly like not identifying like this this is who i am but these are just things that i've done like they have no validity of who i am as a person and just opening up yourself well yeah, like having that openness to explore what's going on, just recognizing like, look, this is just something that I've done. It doesn't make me a good or a bad person. And then it's just deciding like, well, where do I want to go from it? You know, it's uh, incredibly, incredibly powerful. Uh, And also for myself as well, like getting to know my feelings Uh, stopping drinking alcohol has led to kind of stopping myself watching porn I've stopped gambling like it opens up all these corridors where you are kind of looking seeking pleasure false pleasures in life in other areas as well right
1: yeah definitely definitely like when you start doing this thought work you really start looking at your life as a whole and seeing what you're doing are you you know are you watching porn are you watching tv are you watching you know are you Smoking cigarettes. Are you doing all? What are? Where are the areas that you're avoiding feeling these feelings, and what are those feelings that you're avoiding? Why are you avoiding them? When you start looking at this stuff, you'll see it everywhere, and it doesn't mean that, like, hey. I watch TV, I smoke, and I I do 10 things. That means I'm really 10 times worse than anybody else. No, it doesn't mean It just means that you have 10 things that you do, and that's, again, perfectly okay. You don't have to fix everything. You don't have to fix... You can fix what you want. It's up to you, but you can... And fix even implies that things are broken. There's nothing broken, right? It's just a, getting aware of what you're doing, why you're doing it, and, and then choosing, do I want to do this? Is this something I want in my life, or is this something I don't want in my life? And you, as a human... Get to make that choice. No one makes it for you, and you you can decide like what you want to have in your life and what you don't want. You know? Yeah.
0: And that's it. Like you apply it to one area of your life, and it all of a sudden just starts opening up so many different areas as well, man. So yeah, like less time spent in your head, more time spent in your body. Just really kind of appreciating what goes on, recognizing that you know it's not a problem. Like you can handle this. I've got this, as we like to say.
1: Yeah. all right, definitely. man. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to agree with you. Like no matter where you are in your journey, just know that you've got this. Okay. You might not think you do, but you do got this. You've totally got this. You've got it. You have all the ability, you have all the strength, you have the intelligence, you have everything you need to get, to get this, just trust yourself. Even if you have to say, I'm learning how to trust myself. Even if you have to just have that little tiny 1%, just you have it, you can do it. I promise you.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love that. It's one of my favorite sayings. It really is. It just, you have, you got this, you got, you're infinitely capable and that's it. All right, Matt, it's been awesome having you on, man. I'd love for people to know how they can find you. Where can they get in touch with you?
1: Awesome. So it was great having have being on here and uh, you can find me at my website. It's mattsmithcoaching.com or I'm on Instagram at mattsmithcoaching. or at mattsmithcoaching.com. Um, my presence is more on Instagram. I post a lot on the, every single day, but you can reach me either via my website, you can get on Instagram, you can message me, however you want to get in touch with me. I'm absolutely open to have conversations. Even if you just want to say, hi, you know, I get a lot of guys who just popping in saying, Hey, thanks. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I love your post or do, you know, people ask me questions like, do I have an addiction? How do I stop this? So I'm always open to having conversation i love meeting people and hearing their stories so
0: yeah and that's it man like the work you're doing it's open up that conversation it's taking it from being a taboo subject to something you know like th- there's no shame in this right it's kind of like what we've been talking about so awesome one final question before you leave matt is what does it mean to be radically human
1: okay so to me radically human means that like you know we get one life and one life only and to be radically human would be to be the most human person you can be like take advantage of that you have one life take advantage of all the skills that you have and all the knowledge that you have even if you don't believe you have it and live your life fullest to the, to what that means to you like to me it means like I get one life. I'm going to live it the most I can. I'm going to explore. I'm going to experience everything I can because now I know I can because of all the thought work I did. I used to think that, oh, I was just going to work this boring job and have no life. And now I have a whole life that I love and I'm still working some jobs that are boring, but it's still, I, I get to choose what my amazing life is. And so that's what, that's what it means to be me, just to, like, we have the power to choose and we can choose anything we want and we can make make each and every moment special it's just up to us and that's what amazing life means to me yes love it choice that is
0: it just recognizing you have a choice always and always super super powerful all right matt it's been amazing having you on today man take care and we'll see you again
1: soon guys all right thanks much thanks patrick i appreciate it
0: If you want to find out more about working with me and seeing how I can help you stop drinking and start showing up in life the way that you really want, visit patrickjfox.com to find out more or a free consultation using the link in the show notes. Until next time, take care.